to Flipping the Field, the college football podcast about all of college football. I'm your host, Patrick Mayhorn. I am joined by wanted criminal, Ryan. Ryan, uh, you're on the run. What is your what is your comment? Uh, I'm on the run, since we Patrick, for being for being too hot. They're, mm-hmm. they're arresting me for being too sexy. Uh, they're saying I'm committing uh, crimes against, you know, uh, public opinion uh, for ruining everyone else's um, chances. And they're saying that Giselle dumped her husband because she heard I was single. Mm-hmm. Um, this is after, as you know, our good friend DJ Burns is at the courthouse reporting that I was speaking to women, asking to redo sex uh, and things of that nature. Did you see that report today he posted? No, no. What is this? Oh, dude, please pull up a tweet that he, he had from the Rooster account where he was talking about. Uh, let me just pull up the exact tweet so I don't. I don't okay. Pull it up. All right. Uh, <laughs> loving this. Loving this on. so far. I do also. Yeah, I do. Uh, I do really like this. Uh, this uh, I, I really like referring to Tom Brady as Giselle's husband and nothing else. That's yeah, <laughs> that's all he is to me. I'm not a big football guy. I'm more no. of a models guy. Yeah, not a big football guy. Uh, there was a pro-life speaker from a movement at the at the uh, Ohio State House who said. The movement needs to redo sex, which he admits is a tall task. Okay. Which is always when I'm DMing women as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You're, you're saying, <laughs> give me a second chance. I need to redo the sex. I need to, I can do yeah, it better this time. It's not usually like that. It yeah, was just a bad, I had, an, I had an off week. I, I, I yeah. was due for the bye week. I'm a little bit banged up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. You're saying all the best movies are sequels. It's a remake. You're just, you're using all of the, all of the buzzwords, uh, that we love to, that we love to use for seemingly every movie that is made now. Um, Ryan, if you, uh, if you are maybe somebody who likes good entertainment instead of current day movies, uh, you should watch this week of college football. Cause it seems like it's going to be pretty good from, from what Boy, I howdy, man. we are. Does, is it just me? Or does it feel like we're in one of the best college football seasons in, in a long time? Yeah, I think that it's be- probably because of all of the parody beyond the top three. Uh, the top three is a nightmare from which nothing will emerge except for just the same three teams who will be there all season. But everything else is pretty wide open and creates this this dynamic where like every week it doesn't feel like anybody except for Alabama, Georgia, and Ohio State are really untouchable. Um, and so we have just constant good games because there's not... Well, and I, like, I would say Georgia looks pretty touchable right now. I, they had one game. I, I think that we could say the same about Alabama or about Ohio State based on one game. But when you take it in two on, games. The, on the... Two games. Did Georgia have two games? I don't think that they really State, looked all the, that all that beatable against Kent State. I think they just kind of sat on them um you think it's more of just the sean lewis effect yeah of course the sean lewis effect the famous effect that we all know and love the sean lewis effect uh, <laughs> that effect where you go you know, exactly 500 every year yeah uh yeah honestly i know it's kent state that's a hard job patrick if he doesn't improve soon i'm gonna have to draw him up on matt campbell charges okay uh, i don't want to do it you know i like sean lewis it's not it's not something i want to do but the sport demands it that's yeah. that's my role as the watchdog of uh of college football. That's true. Yeah, that is your that is your role is to find hard jobs and coaches who are doing just like pretty well in them and to uh, assassinate them to assassinate to tear them their down. Yeah, and to make sure <laughs> I would that, appoint... uh, yeah that they lose their jobs. <laughs> Here's the thing: no job's actually that hard. As we've covered, college mm-hmm. football coaching is not that hard of a like when your colleagues are this bad at what they do, it's not that hard to win. Yeah, just do better. Simply do better. Call the good plays. Do the good time management. It shouldn't be that difficult. Like, come on. I've it, been saying this. Yeah. yeah, I've been we've been saying flipping the field has been we tried to tell y'all. <laughs> I, I think we should maybe take this out of the pot. Yeah, hard to say. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> we'll, uh, we'll just have a little we'll, we'll fade back in from our laughter and they'll they'll have no clue what we were laughing about but mm-hmm. it was really funny it was really funny <laughs> you guys don't get to hear that one because this is not the premium podcast we got to hide that that can't be <laughs> if you didn't pay for it you don't get to know about the uh the yeah. the potentially cancelable joke that was, just, <laughs> that was just made i'm uh i'm walking up to our subscribers and i'm asking them so which one do you want five or ten I don't know what this is a reference to. But, uh, reference. You ever seen Boogie Nights? Oh, I have seen Boogie Nights, but I don't remember anything that I ever see in a movie because I don't watch them it's, that closely. It's when uh, it's when Burt Reynolds, who plays the porn director Jack Horner, walks yeah. up to Mark Wahlberg's character, uh, Dirk Diggler, letting knows Eddie Adams, who is uh, who's dishwashing in the back of a uh, of a uh, what's his name's uh, of Luis Guzman's character's restaurant. Yeah, and uh, he asks him if it's five or ten, and he says, "What do you mean?" He says, "Well." If you just want to see it, it's five. Oh, uh, yes. It, it's yes. ten. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Personally, and I... that's what I'm asking our subscribers. Do you just want to see it? Yeah. Or Personally, do you about with it? our subscribers, I'm recreating the uh, Little Bill house party scene. Uh, that's my plan <laughs> for any and all of our subscribers who I see in person. Um, yeah. That I'm is... walking in on on uh on Gus from Cincy uh, <laughs> making fun of uh, making fun of us again in a, in a thread, and I'm I'm uh, taking I'm compromising him to a permanent end before yeah. i move on to, yeah uh... you're you're walking out to your car you're putting your drink in the cup holder very nicely you're locking the car after you grab your gun you go in there and then he puts it on top of, of the car by the way he puts it on top of the car okay of course uh great flick great flick boogie nights big uh, underrated classic many are saying it not yeah. enough people talking about boogie nights um, honestly we should at some point in the off season when it's like all we're doing is conference previews we should just do like a premium movie review podcast absolutely like, just, yeah just that, talk about some movies not like, even yeah, not that. not movies not related to football at all because those are all almost all uninteresting there are maybe like one or two that are decent that I can't remember even off the top of my head. There's the one with... Uh, remember with... the Titans is pretty good. There's I mean, the one, like, isn't there a... one with uh, Billy Bob Thornton? I remember that one. That's, um, is that Varsity Blues? Uh, Billy, he is in, he's in Friday Night Lights and Varsity Blues, isn't he? Yeah, I remember... No, he's not... I remember Varsity Blues being fun enough, if memory serves. Um, uh, I'm getting his filmography pulled up right now. Just double check this. Of course, he is also in the uh, the the holiday season classic Bad Santa, uh, and it's it's <laughs> far less good sequel Bad Santa too. But Bad Santa, he, the original he, one, is a classic. It's it's good. He flick. is in uh he is in Friday Night Lights as Coach Gary Gaines, but he is okay. not in uh oh. in Varsity Blues. Varsity Blues is John Voight, of course. I don't know why I I'm, th- I'm thinking of somebody else who has three names there might be a guy in the movie named billy bob <laughs> there is a character in varsity blues named billy bob that's right okay um, i was thinking of was him played by, oh man what the fuck is his name he was played uh, by that big fella the the, the... He's a relatively famous actor yeah the big fella um, one of those guys he's played by ron lester who okay. has lost a bunch of weight since oh um but he was also in another teen movie he was in an, an Apple Dan movie called The Fat Boy Chronicles. It's it um, really no honor in his in his soul to lose a bunch of weight as that guy. Come on, you, we need the big yeah. boy. We need the big boy actor. You can't be doing that. I know that it's like a, uh, you know, a quality of life kind of thing. But come on, you need to make some business well, decisions here. Yeah, and the fucked up part is that he looks just like Ethan Soupley, who's the more famous actor, the other big guy, mm. um, who you would know from a lot of things. He was in Remember the Titans as the fat guy in that. Yeah, of um, course. But he also lost a bunch of weight, too. He was also in Clerks, Clerks, too. Heartbreaking. Hollywood is losing its big boys. We're, we're, we're rapidly decreasing Jonah Hill? Jonah Hill lost the weight? Where it's, are all the fat guys going? Yeah, John Candy died. He lost the most weight that you can possibly lose, which is to die. Um, <laughs> it's just, it can't, uh, it can't stand. We need more big boys in Hollywood, and that's what 
this podcast is really all about is getting the uh, right. getting the sickos, getting the the sickos out of Hollywood and getting more big boys in there is really what we're We're getting Sam Pittman into a dramatic yeah. film. Yeah, really what we're uh, all about. Yeah. Um boy, that would be fun. Who, what what <laughs> Sam what Pittman head coach acting would be the, debut? Who would be the best actor among the college football head coaches? Oh man. Um who's the best liar? Who's the one who, who's the James one James Franklin. James Franklin's a pretty good liar, but is there one who people like actually believe? I don't know, like, if there, there's there's one who's like widely liked who we just don't don't trust at all. Um, I don't know. I'm who, thinking through this right now. I'm, I'm that, it's difficult brain. because we like them. There's a, there's like you know it, it would be, it's uh, you have to kill one of your one of your favorite guys. You have to, <laughs> you have to pick out somebody who you like and and uh, assassinate him basically. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think that there are because Lincoln Riley's not a very good liar, but he does have I that think... sort of Hollywood thing to him. He could play maybe play some of the characters that like a Matthew McConaughey plays, just a shittier version of it. Um, I think Lincoln could oh, probably come on. could probably. Do I don't that. think Lincoln Riley has any charisma. You think he has charisma? I think that guy is negative. No, I'm saying a shitty version of it. If you want like a shitty, oh, okay. like a very poor man, like a like a homeless man's Matthew McConaughey, then you could. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, the guy Lincoln. that we like and that has charisma uh, is Sam Pittman. Yeah. Yeah. I think Sam Pittman would probably be pretty good at it. Uh, yeah. I, I think that that makes sense. Maybe we could get Lane Kiffin in like a Luke Wilson style role, right? Where he's, he's sort of <laughs> deadpan the whole time and doesn't really actually act, but you get still some, yeah. some humor in it. Uh, folks, we're going to be casting a, uh, a, we're going to be casting the first ever, this is groundbreaking college football, Wes Anderson movie. And we're looking forward to okay. it with only coaches. And it's going to be, we're just, doing, we're doing the little sets. We're having the doll houses we're building. Yeah. Um, there's like some quirky little turns about how, uh, Mike Leach and Lane Kiffin are actually in a buddy comedy and they have mm-hmm. like snappy little quips as they work at like a, you know, like a small town German yeah. uh, pencil factory together. I love uh, to think about Nick Saban watching a Wes Anderson movie. He would kill himself. <laughs> he would, he would not make think, it through the movie. He no, 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 no. I actually disagree. Nick Saban would love a Wes Anderson movie because <sighs> it's all about executing on the small little things. So what makes Wes Anderson movie enjoyable is that like, even if it's, it's obviously like very, uh, you know, quirky white girl shit. Yeah. But, he just executes what he does such a high level of craft. Like he's building all those sets. You know what yeah. I mean? He is like having the little mechanical turns and twists and like doing all the practical effects. He loves doing that shit. Yeah, Nick Sable, I guess you're thing, right. That's a guy who loves what he does. Yeah, I guess I guess you're right. He he would respect that. We'd need like a dumber coach. We we, we would need yeah. somebody who is uh, just just like a little bit dumber, like a Jimbo Fisher. Uh, he would hate a Wes Anderson movie. He would. He Ed would Orgeron it. watching a uh, watching a uh, Wes Anderson movie and being like, uh, I think you know, it, what the hell is the problem with the fox? <laughs> 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 The color toning, it's all wrong. <laughs> My TV How looks fucked can, up. They can't catch a little boy running away from the Boy Scouts now. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I will catch that little boy in 30 minutes flat. He's you just ver- follow him. He's very, he's very small. He's not very fast at all. He's got those little legs. <laughs> <laughs> He'll need food eventually. He'll come back. <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah that's um ed orgeron that's might be a, he would be a good pick not an active coach but i think that he could do it i think that he I think oh he'd, he'd be, be great a, a great transition. in fact it's like it's like shocking he wasn't he didn't somehow weasel his way into like an adam Sandler movie at some yeah point. yeah charisma through the roof uh well he was in blindside wasn't he he was in blindside oh he was in blindside. yeah he good was point. in blindside so i guess he well, already damn. has the chops why the hell? Okay, obviously everyone loves Adam Sandler. We love that Adam Sandler loves basketball. Yeah, when are we gonna get an Adam Sandler style individual for football? We need someone yeah. who's like a good actor but truly loves football. I guess McConaughey's McConaughey's not funny though. No, he's like funny. 
when he's playing himself, but he's not like an actual comedic actor. Yeah, um, I, I don't know who we would uh, who we would Vince need. Vince Vaughn to, like... loves college football, but he's an asshole. Yeah, maybe we can get like a late stage comedy turn from like Idris Elba. Maybe we can maybe we can uh, okay. <laughs> convince him because he's a he's a big fella. He's built. You could convince yourself that he's like a college football head coach. I think it's it's uh, yeah. maybe we can get that from him. Maybe he's not doing a whole lot else right now. Maybe we can get him uh, get him yeah. into college football. He's a. Uh, you think we could ever British, get the Rock so we... on the podcast? Um, that, unfortunately, The Rock would be the guy who you're talking about, but he is one of the truly just least interesting people on the planet. Um, just a, a yeah. A and you're the kind of guy of, that of likes everything. The Rock in movies. Yeah, and like the like liking Marvel movies or liking the Rock in movies, it's just truly a depravity of the soul. Like yeah. it is just a moral. Like you have a problem with you deep down in the heart of you. <laughs> if you like those things, like something there is missing. something, just something missing. Just, it, there's something missing, dude. Yeah. Like you just didn't. Uh, I don't want to get into it. I'll get. I'll get. I, my 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 IRL friends listen to this podcast. I'm mm-hmm. just. I just heard me get in this zone too many it's times. So, it it's so easy to do. As soon as you start like thinking about it or talking about it, it's one of those things where you just make yourself matter and matter. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Working yourself into a blind rage. I do it probably once a month. It's it's very fun. Um, great, uh, great time to be had by all. Uh, anyway, Friday, October 7th, Guantanamo Bay game is UNLV at San Jose State, 10.30 p.m. on CBSSN. Um, not a great Friday slate here in general or a weeknight slate. We're recording this uh, to go up after the, uh, the, the what is it, UCF-SMU game on Wednesday night, or that would be included. But, yeah. Um, no, no, no. We're, it would be on here right now, but we're unfortunately we're going to be watching it like, you know, in the next hour and a half. Yeah, so we're starting with Friday, and the best Friday game, I think by a pretty wide margin, is UNLV-San Jose State. This is sort of a de facto uh, Mountain West uh, West, not title game necessarily, but it's certainly kind of an elimination game. These two teams have looked like the best teams in the West to this point. San Diego State was just housed by a team that lost its offensive, co- fired its offensive coordinator and lost its quarterback in the week before the game in Boise State. Uh, and Fresno State just lost to UConn and is currently without Jake Hayner. And as, for as long as Jake Hayner is not available, that team is incompetent. Um, and nobody else is in the West. That's it. So one of these teams is going to be the favorite coming out of this game. Um, both have looked good this year. San Jose State has been not fully a return to that 2020 form, which is just going to be kind of hard to do because that team was pretty lucky. But um, the UNLV has looked really good. Doug Brumfield has looked really good at quarterback. That offense is pretty efficient. They run the ball well with Aiden Robbins. Um, the defense is not great, but they just beat, uh, was it Wyoming? No. Who did they just beat? I don't remember who it was that they just beat, but they just won a game. Uh, uh, and they just pretty, beat New Mexico, didn't they? Yeah, they, I, think that's, I think that's right. They beat New Mexico. They beat Utah State a couple weeks ago. They have looked good. They have looked full-on competent. They almost beat Cal in, I want to say, week two. Uh, San Jose State is the one who just beat Wyoming. Um, oh, it's sorry. just a uh, just a, an interesting Mountain West matchup, and one that will be, I think, pretty important for determining who is actually involved in the uh, in the West race. The Mountain is a mess. There's no way to determine who will be involved in the Mountain, but uh, in the in the West, this could be pretty valuable. Yeah, I, I am looking forward to it, and it's it's like there are two other games, or I think there's there's three other games total in the slate. Yeah, there are two other compelling ones. Um, I, I would say besides this, but this one is actually the best football game of the group, right? Like the other ones yeah. are like interesting for narrative reasons. This is the one that has the most media in a conference title, the most media football game, the best football game being played. The other games here are just kind of like, well, 
if someone loses them, they're gonna be pretty pissed off and pretty embarrassed. Yeah, you know, like it's kind of just a real narrative check game. So yeah, the, those other two. Yeah. The the one that we have not included, I believe, is Colorado State Nevada, which is truly a disastrous football game. Awful teams. Both no awful need to teams. watch that sort of thing. Um, yeah, most wanted here is uh, Houston at Memphis, 7.30 p.m. on ESPN2. Uh, this is the battle of very disappointing programs. <laughs> this is the battle of uh, these these programs are having a mid-off. Um, well, with the caveat being that if, if Memphis wins this one, it's actually in a better spot than we thought it would be this year. I guess. I don't, I, I'm not going to believe in Memphis uh, really ever, I don't think, until Ryan Silverfield is not the coach anymore. They just There's no juice. I, I don't see any juice in anything that this program has going on. Agreed. But all, I mean, like they also, for them, it's interesting because like you said, Silverfield has really disappointed and they have to win this one because their next two games, they go at East Carolina and at Tulane, then against UCF the next three weeks. So yeah. like, if you can't win this one at home against a reeling Houston team, you were in a pretty bad spot the rest of the stretch. You're probably going to get fired. Like if yeah. you can't beat Houston, I think you're going one and two in the stretch at best, right? Mm-hmm. Like in which case we're talking about you being a, a four loss team, five loss team. Cause you go at SMU to end the season. Yeah. You're not surviving that you're getting fired. If you're so you ha- this is a must win game for him looking down the stretch. Yeah. And this is uh, it, for Houston even more so. Yeah. yeah. So this would be a, uh, I'm not looking at the schedule, but this would be a five loss Memphis team without Cincinnati on the schedule. Is that correct? That's correct. Cause yeah, the rest of the schedule that. is like I said, versus Houston at ECU at Tulane by week versus UCF versus Man. Tulsa versus North Alabama at SMU. Yeah, and Tulsa's competent too. Like that that not that's not a given. Um yeah, that is not got to win this one. <laughs> got to win this one. Yeah. Got to take advantage of the home games that they have left. Um uh, and like, then to, for to their credit, they've handled business though. I'll give yeah. them that. Like we don't like Memphis, but they've won every game they've won by two scores. The only loss on the road at Mississippi State. Like they've been a pretty solid football team. Yeah, they they they've been all right. I um again, I would like to see it against a uh, you know a team with a pulse. I have not really seen it against a team with a pulse to this point. They did sure. not look especially good against Mississippi State. Um, Agreed. And then yeah, Navy is is bad. Arkansas State I don't think is especially good. And they that game was really close until the very end. The final score is not necessarily reflective there. Uh, the North Texas game was also pretty close. I believe they trailed that at one point and then they beat Temple. Like that's not that's not moving the needle a ton for me. I'm interested in this one because. On the other side, we have a team in Houston that is so much more talented and should be so much better and should easily be the number two team in the AAC and is instead um, in hell, is reeling, like you said, is is really, really struggling to do much of anything. They're undisciplined. Uh, they don't seem to have much of any sort of plan. It doesn't seem like they did anything this offseason like, at all. Um, Dana Holgerson is getting increasingly aggressive in his weekly press conferences. I don't know that he is long for this job, not necessarily because he does he not be, want to be here. Yeah. Not necessarily because I think he'll be fired, which I guess he could, but um, because I think he might just not coach anymore. I think he might just be done coaching after this year. Cause it doesn't seem like he's enjoying himself anymore. Um, and uh, Houston really, 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 really needs this one or else things can spiral on them pretty quickly, even more so than it already has. Hundred percent. Uh, I mean, I I don't see it for him at all. I I don't really see what he has going here. There's no growth happening. Like, I, I don't know. Like, wh- like what? I mean, this team was so talented coming in. Has a strong coaching staff, a lot of returning production, very veteran team. They were positioned to be, by all by all rights, on talent on coaching. They should have been ahead of Cincinnati, and they just aren't because he code fucked up the coaching aspect. Like, yeah, it's that simple, right? Dana fucking sucks. Like he's not going anywhere. This team had tons of expectations to failed to deliver on them. 
it's one of the most disappointing seasons by like an expected G5 powerhouse in a long time. Like it's 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 a bummer, dude. Like I don't know what to say. They really fucked up the bag. Yeah, Dana did a no growth. He did a racism. He did an imperialism. He did a nationalism. Uh, he did a no growth, and that was the problem of the off season, folks. He did a no growth. He we we told him he needed to do a growth, and he didn't. He did a no growth, uh, and you can't be doing that. Um, no, it's f- not growing. Yeah, no fly list to round out Friday. Nebraska at Rutgers, seven p.m. on FS1. Uh, no, thank you. I'm good. I'll pass. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm gonna pass on this one. I'm okay. Yeah, um, it, it's okay. No need. Uh, but I mean, I guess it is funny in the sense that, like, I have been writing in my Big Ten previews about this imaginary race for race for the bottom. I'm talking about in the Big Ten, mm-hmm. where between Northwestern, Indiana, Nebraska, and Rutgers, it's a pretty compelling race to see who is the shittiest team in the Big Ten. Yeah, right. Like that's a pretty good back and forth. Yeah. Uh, Nebraska's already lost to Northwestern uh indiana uh just lost to nebraska mm-hmm. now nebraska plays rutgers northwestern doesn't really play anybody but they may just lose out the rest of their games it's a pretty compelling race to see who sucks the most i'm, I'm excited to see what these guys can cook up yeah and congratulations again big ups to uh media darling greg Schiano for uh i think having his team firmly in a in a place where like myself i don't think that they are the worst of those four teams and that is uh Greg Schiano really doing wonders out there. That they are just, they're just uh, one of the four worst teams in the Big Ten instead of the worst team in the Big Ten. Really, really impressive. Um, yeah, you want to talk uh, about him getting punked by Ryan Day? That's it's on a sideline confrontation. That's so funny. Of all the coaches you can possibly do that to, Ryan Day. <laughs> I did not see this. What was this? Oh, uh, you didn't watch the uh, so the Ohio State. No, Rutgers I did not game watch the Ohio State Rutgers. Game. You didn't see any of the clips. I mean, I mean, the clips were fairly. I, I have well. I have everything related to Ohio State on Twitter muted. I don't want to see it. I'm good. Okay. <laughs> well, so Ohio State, uh, they were up like what 39 points in the fourth quarter, something like that, yeah. and uh, they were punting the football, and Rutgers sent a full like uh, rush eight pump block. Okay. Uh, which. In my mind, if you're doing that, then the other team should be playing as well, right? Like, you're yeah. actively trying to block the punt. Like, no harm in Ohio State for playing, too. The punter reading this sees there's no one out wide, takes the correct read as an uncalled – it's not a called fake, but yeah. essentially just runs it up for the first down because there's no one to cover him. Uh, the gunner for Rutgers comes back and, like, hits him a full yard and a half out of bounds. Like, he'd already stepped out for a uh-huh. minute. And then absolutely clean his clock on the Ohio State sideline. Okay. The Ohio State sideline rushes up, confronts the kid. Uh, Ryan Day runs there to separate them. Greg Schiano runs over to separate his kids to get them out of there. And then it ends up in a Greg Schiano Ryan Day screaming match at each other from like three set, like three feet away from each other. Love that. Uh, and which Greg Schiano basically then had to like you know apologize after the game to Ryan Day and a little handshake where they were talking <laughs> through it. Um, I mean like. I don't know. It, Greg Shannon always does this shit, right? Like yeah. ever since he was in the NFL, when he was having guys like dive at players' knees in the last two seconds on a on a uh, like kneel down, like he loves to go as hard as he possibly can in the last seconds of the game and complain to their team also wants to compete. It's ridiculous. Like if you're yeah. trying to block punts, and, and there's nothing wrong with it. I want to point out there's nothing wrong with doing this. Like, you should be trying to win football games. But if you want to play that way, the other team is allowed to play as well. It's always my thought. Yeah, Greg Schiano is truly one of the greatest losers in football history. He is he is such, such a fucking loser. He is an uh, he's he's a born loser. He's really really good at it. He loses better than just about anybody else and uh the uh, the the lamestream college football media just can't get enough of it. They love this guy. They love how how good he is at losing. They love how good it looks when he loses. Um, and Rutgers can't get enough of it. They had to do it again. They had to run it back. They say we need to go four and eight more. We have to have it. Please, we're begging you. You're going to be tired of of losing. You're going to say, please, Greg, no more losing. 
and he's going to say we have to keep losing. We have to lose more. We have to lose more, and that's uh, that's what they got going on. Um, Saturday, noon, Guantanamo Bay game, banger, TCU at Kansas on FS1. Um, the battle of the undefeated teams who we did not think are going to be undefeated. Uh, this is where game day is headed, which is wonderful news for Kansas. Um, I don't feel great yeah. about this because uh, as a, as an obviously as a Kansas booster and as, um, mm-hmm. anti Sonny Dykes, although that position is softening a little bit after what I saw him <laughs> do against Brent, Brent Venables, where he's just actively running up the score, calling ridiculous <laughs> plays in the fourth quarter. Um, it's, it's cause look, we had a lover's quarrel with Sonny Dykes. Yeah. Like we loved him for a long time. We thought he was a great coach at SMU. And he spurned us a little bit. The way he yeah. treated us was bad. Yeah. But he didn't do it to hurt us. He did it to better himself. I think we can take him back. At a yeah. Point. I don't yeah. think it's yeah. He's not out of the woods yet. But he, it's a, it's it's hard to hold it against him. He's just so he he's just so endearing. You know, you look in those eyes and you're like, I can't stay mad at you. I can't stay mad at Sonny right. Dykes. Just look at him. He's uh you know he's, he's like a cat who knocks something off of a table. That's what Sonny Dykes is doing. Yeah. Um. Speaking of your cat has been like like clambering up around those cabinets for the last like twenty minutes. Is that the know. case? It's probably, it's, it's probably a move now, but it was up there. It was uh, pacing back and forth on top of your cabinets for a good bit. I was very amused. She's uh, there's a bed up there, and she's sleeping on that now. So good for good for Let's her. Go. Um, this is a great game, though. I'm really excited about this. Two really good offenses. Uh, Kansas finally showed a little bit of something on defense last week. Granted, it was against Hunter Deckers, which is sort of like. Uh, you know, being like a major league baseball team playing against a little league team, but they did still stop him, which is good. <laughs> um, and uh, and TCU brings obviously that that very explosive offense that it that Sonny Dykes always seems to produce. They have managed to again produce that even without really needing to involve Quentin Johnson, who was kind of the guy we thought would be key to all of this. Um, I'm really interested to see this game. I think two interesting schemes. I think two smart offensive coaching staffs. I think it's going to be just fun i think it's gonna be fun football yeah i mean it's like you said it's one of the great games of the week it's a testament to how good this week is isn't the game of the week because mm-hmm. kansas getting game day uh TC, i mean look we were pretty confident on kansas this is even well beyond our wildest expectations yeah tcu i'll be honest we were just wrong on them right like, yeah. i'm not willing to say it's over yet like they could still end up sucking out the stretch but uh, what they've done so far is way better than we expected. Yeah, uh, yeah, they have. We they did not have, see this coming. Yeah, they have been better than we anticipated, even if they end the season like seven and five or eight and four. You know, like yeah. even if they kind of crumble once they get into more of conference play, I think that they still exceeded expectations for sure. And, um, and look, like Max Duggan's actually been good. At a certain yeah. point, we just have to admit it. He's I'm not going touchdowns. to. I'm not going to because I remember him doing this every year for his entire career. I've seen it before. I, I would like he, to see Max Duggan throw a single good pass in the month of November. That was that's my requirement for him is throw a pass in November that looks good, and then I'll then we'll. Well, talk. I guess the thing I'll say is they're not running him, you know, a hundred times this season probably. So maybe he has a chance. Like you know. Yeah. They're not getting him turned into the JT Barrett like mash of a yeah. of you know broken tendons and ligaments. But uh, it is helpful so that hope- TCU is not attempting to kill Max Duggan. That does seem to be valuable for his <laughs> for his game. Generally. As every, every other coach in his career has actually tried to kill him. <laughs> but no, dude, he's. I mean, not to be a box score watcher here, but he's completing he's completing seventy five percent of his passes at ten and a half yards an attempt with eleven touchdowns and no picks. Yeah. Like he's been fucking good. Yeah. Uh, and it's also weird that he's doing it with Quentin Miller, like seemingly disappearing or Quentin Johnson, sorry, disappearing from the face of the earth. Yeah. Uh, just hasn't done anything this season. I don't, I, I'm baffled by this team. I don't really understand it. Um, it doesn't make any sense to me. I, I still am like wondering if they're actually going to collapse on the stretch. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, uh, they still have to play Kansas, Oklahoma state, Kansas state, the next three games. Like they yeah. can still suck. Yeah. 
but they uh, certainly looked good against Oklahoma. That is for sure. Yeah. That, that, that we cannot take away from them regardless. Um, like I said, I don't feel great about Kansas here just because of that Iowa state performance. That was not super encouraging. I wanted to see more from no. them there, but I mean, they've gotten this far and I know that they will be, I know they'll be ready to play. I know that they will have a good game plan here. That is consistently a, a thing that you can rely on with Lance Leipold teams. Um, and so I'm interested. I'm interested to see what what TCU can do against that rushing attack. That defense has not been great this year. It's been okay. It has had its moments. We like Joe Gillespie, uh, defensive coordinator. But I'm I'm interested. This is going to be the one that I am watching at noon, certainly. Um, and I'm going to yeah. be wearing, of course, my home field apparel. Uh, I'm going to be wearing... Wow. Uh, I don't actually have any Kansas stuff, but I'll wear something that's kind of affiliated with the game. I don't know. I'll figure mm-hmm. something out. I got a Cincinnati shirt on right now. Uh, that's Big 12 next year. That'll work. Um, and that's if right. you would like to join me in wearing home field apparel uh, for this that's game or really for any any occasion, uh, great gym wear, great uh, wedding wear, as we've established, uh, great BDSM now here's something wear. Else. Um, Patrick, before we get into our offer, there is a new offer that home field apparel is debuting this week as well. They told they specifically told us to mention in the copy okay. here okay uh and if and they follow up with us it is parody not actionable etc cetera, etc cetera. Uh-huh. um they did say they will be paying the legal fees for anyone who streaks on a football field wearing home field apparel uh-huh. gear. Uh, technically, I that is... technically not streaking at that point so you don't even the, the legal fees would be very small that's right this is yeah now now you could win the poo <laughs> you could win the poo that's always a <laughs> always an option for sure is that you could uh-huh. win the poo <laughs> so if you're a college football fan that wants to prove to the brand how much you love them, I mean, you should consider Winnie Pooh and Winnie the Pooh yeah. and a t-shirt Man. on a college football field, which again, this is not actionable. This is not actual legal advice. Yeah. Um, home field apparel does not encourage this, but we mm-hmm. do. Yeah. Yeah. This, uh, this, this home field apparel, uh, approved copy is of course not approved by home field apparel and it has uh, no affiliation <laughs> with the, uh, with the organization, a proud organization that we have a great respect for. If you couldn't tell from our ad reads, um, I'd be curious, honestly, how they would, I might need to talk to, talk to them at some point about how they would manage that online. If somebody ran onto the field, winning, Winnie the pooing it with one of their shirts on, like, does that get a retweet? Does that get a share? I don't. I don't know. I think. I think you have to, and you just have to be flattered. You have to be flattered by the fact that someone basically was like looking at all of your shirts and getting like the yeah. the Sandra Bullock, Ronald Reagan vibes. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for sure. That's kind of what's the John. You're getting John Hinckley vibes of Homefield Apparel. Yeah, of course. Media. <laughs> yeah, I'm going. I'm going. Uh, I'm going Jody Foster mode for these Homefield Apparel shirts. Um, yeah. But if you would also like to go, oh Jody Foster, thank guess It's Sandra Bullock. That's embarrassing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you would also like to go John Hinckley for Jody Foster mode, uh, which we all should do at least every every now and then, you should. Use the code meet at midfield for 15% off your first purchase at homefieldapparel.com. Right. Homefieldapparel.com. Once again, Homefield Apparel on Twitter. Take 15% off your first purchase and take 15% out of a president's head. Um, most mm-hmm. wanted. And one more thing really quick, too. <laughs> they, 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 do have, they do have a note section on those orders. Mm-hmm. They're asking you that if you were sent from, from uh, meet at midfield, uh, to please leave the the hashtag Let's Go Patrick. Yeah, of course. Yeah, section. I've been seeing please a lot tell- of a lot of Let's Go Patrick today, which I'm I'm appreciative <laughs> appreciative for. It's good to know that I'm uh, that I'm I'm yeah. Uh, you know, well, uh, people are cheering me on. Your pivot to Dark Patrick in November is going to really crush some souls here. Yeah, but we're going to have to do it. 
Yeah, I'm becoming B1G underscore Patrick. That's uh, yeah. That, we're we're gonna get the uh, the 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 stickers printed out where I'm like pointed at pointing at something and it says I did that. We're gonna we're gonna look into that as our next <laughs> big branding thing. Someone uh, can make this. Someone listening to this can very easily yeah. make this for us right now. Yeah, not not that hard. You just go make some stickers and uh, that would be actually very funny if we started to see those pop up in the wild and there's just no contact. <laughs> Nobody knows who I am. They don't. <laughs> What you should do is, look, if you make these stickers, we will buy them from you in bulk and send them to out to our fans to post at college football stadiums. Yeah. That would be funny. Yeah, that would be funny. And there's and there's no midfield branding on it at all. It's impossible to figure out what we're <laughs> no, talking about or, like, who says... it even is. It's not any sort of valuable marketing thing. It's more just uh, – it's a joke for us. It's just, just one for the yeah. one for the real heads. Um, yeah, for sure. Most Wanted – Tennessee at LSU. These are all at noon, by the way. Tennessee at LSU on ESPN uh-huh. and Oklahoma versus Texas in the uh, whatever it's called now on ABC. Um, I think Tennessee LSU is. Game, I believe. What's yeah. that? I believe it's called a college football game. Yeah, they're calling these college football games. They're calling this a Big 12 conference <laughs> matchup. It's a, it's a bold new uh, phrasing. but um... Parents are calling it a college football <laughs> game. <laughs> is your uh... teen getting high? <laughs> it's all the different abbreviations for like red river shootout red river rivalry and it's like what it means what does it mean if your team is texting this to a different team (laughs) know that know the code that teens are using to share drugs um tennessee lsu is definitely the more compelling football game here right uh yeah yeah i mean i'm excited for tennessee lsu because this is like a real this would be a classic tennessee pants shitting yes like you know be undefeated top 10 huge home game against Alabama coming up a week from now and uh, just blow it by losing at a pretty bad LSU, not a bad, but like a pretty mediocre LSU team Yeah, um, with no talent. But I mean, like at the end of the day, look, the quarterbacks for LSU were Jaden Daniels and Max, and not Max Johnson. He's gone. Who's the backup quarterback behind Jaden Daniels? Now? Hard, impossible uh, to say. Oh, is it uh, Zach Calzada? Or is it, it is Zach Calzada, unless he's hurt. Um, I don't I don't know. I think he might have gotten into the game this past week against Auburn. But it's I, uh, Garrett Nussmeyer's playing too, right? It's hard to say. There's there's really any number of players who could be playing at LSU at any given time. Uh, anyway, not the point, not the point. Uh, look, yeah, if you're, uh, if you're Tennessee, you just simply cannot lose to this dog shit football team. Yeah. They, yeah, I think that this is the uh, this is this is as we as we debuted on last week's watch list watch list. This is a Hank Hill. I'm about to bust narrative buster right here. I'm about to bust. Um, this is definitely there yes. is a there is a risk of Tennessee's a top ten team. Tennessee has garnered quite a bit of hype. I think deservedly for the way that it's played this season. And this would be just such an on brand way for them to fuck all of that up and then to uh, toss their season directly into the toilet. Um, they love to lose this kind of game. So this is definitely uh, a narrative buster potential here. hundred percent. And I mean, like, I guess the thing that's encouraging though, if you're a fan of Tennessee is that like LSU has just not gotten to any of the guys, like their good players are not playing well. Right. Keishon Booty has 97 yards through four games. Yeah. Like, it's it's horrendous like what they're doing is truly embarrassing uh and, and i mean that's that's i guess hopefully tennessee should be able to do something with that they're like having a pre- i mean i think they've had a pretty uh like mediocre pass defense if i'm being generous here i think there's something like uh 63rd in the country and uh yeah in defensive pass efficiency which is not special obviously but like it's not like lsu's with the football to anybody else like yeah <laughs> i mean they, they had 85 passing yards last week like like if you can't stop these guys come on like 
Yeah. Auburn did it. Yeah, man, looking at this Tennessee schedule, um, it is so set up for them to fuck this up. It is so... You could not curate it better for them to fuck this up because they're coming off a bye week into this game, road trip to LSU, um, at a weird time at noon, which is not really the time that you would expect to play at LSU generally. Then 11 a.m. local time, yeah. Yeah, 11 a.m. local time. Then next week, they host Alabama. So they're going to be looking ahead to that game, of course. They spent most of the bye week preparing for that. Uh, then they get Tennessee Martin at home, so they get a, a, a bye game. And then they get Kentucky at home, and then they go to Georgia. Those are That's the next, that's the next four games after this one. They are so going to fuck this up. They are so, they are des- it's in their DNA to fuck this game up. If they don't fuck this up, then we can put Tennessee in the top five because they are for real. Um, I but, really believe they're going to win this game, dude. But they are. They're just they're 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 the program is tailor made to fuck this game up. This is the 100%. exact game that they lose like every season. It's uh it's frightening. It's 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 certainly troubling. I would I would stay away from this one. If you are somebody who uh, invests either monetary or emotional things into Tennessee football, just don't watch this one. It's just stay scary. away. Uh, don't don't I, pay any I, attention uh, to this. I have a client who's a huge Tennessee fan and booster. Mm-hmm. And basically every week we get in our phone call and he's just like, he's just wringing his hands with this week's game. He's like, yeah, well, they're about due to lose. Like it's about any time now. <laughs> and this every week gets on so anxious. And he's like, well, we survived that one, didn't we? Yeah. It's so funny. I, I, I got, it's really amusing for me personally. Yeah. I really think they're going to be LSU. I feel confident in this. I know it's a terror. It's like famous last words. I'm going to get this clip back to me on Twitter 15 times. Yeah. But it's look, it's much more embarrassing for Tennessee to win this game then go into the big home game, top 10 matchup against Alabama, SEC game of the week, guaranteed college game day, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and then lose by 35 points to Alabama. That's not even that good. Like yeah. that's what's going to happen. That That's the more Tennessee thing to do. Um, but I don't know, man. I like Tennessee this year. I've said it the whole time. I think, I think if they win this game, I am ready to say I was right. What they do against, what they do against Alabama and Georgia is none of my business. Yeah. I didn't say they're better than those teams. If they can, if they just go nine and three, I was more than right on Tennessee. Yeah, but this is this is that that perfect kind of catalyst game, game for yeah. for losing four of their next five in the season just falling apart. Um, yeah, hundred percent. Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> if it's going to happen, it would be because of this game. I, I Alabama, of course, has that potential as well because Alabama loves to. Uh, when it leaves, just like hit the back of your leg with a tire iron and ruin the rest of your season. Um, but this would really do it. This would really. I mean, how do you come back from that? You look, staring down a potential like top five home matchup against Alabama. You look, you completely overlook a, an LSU team that you don't think is especially good, and then they beat you. Like that is, you're fucked. Your season is over. You have there's no, there's no getting the locker room back after that. Those guys are gone. They're Brew McCoy's transferring. He's out of here. He's, he's, you know, it's uh, all of your more skittish players are gone. It's uh, they cannot cannot lose this one. I don't think they will, but it is definitely something that I am uh, monitoring. Uh, the other game here in this uh, in the most wanted window, Oklahoma at Texas or versus Texas, um, is Quinn playing? Is Quinn Ewers playing in this game? That seems to be the word. Okay, I mean, well, that's what I've heard. Texas I'm, is going to win the game by here. about thirty points. Then this is not even going to be close if Quinn is playing. If if he's not playing, then this will be a mid off. But if Quinn is playing, then I think they're going to absolutely beat the shit out of Oklahoma. Uh, the report from Anna Richardson of Orange Bloods uh, as of Tuesday at noon. Uh, so Quinn Ewers is taking positive steps towards playing his first game, sustaining two sprains as clavicle against Alabama, etc. He participated in practice this week, and multiple sources told me the quarterback is trending in the right direction to start against Oklahoma on Saturday. Mm-hmm. I was told Ewers looks as close to normal during practice to sustain the injury. 
as okay. close to normal as possible for Quinn Ewers, of course, which is just him like not making eye contact. Yeah, with his yeah. He's got peanut <laughs> butter stains on his shirt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's like he's talking to his teammates as they saw the train that went by campus earlier today. Yeah. If they saw what model it was. Uh. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. He's spending 15 minutes very distracted by a cool plant that he saw, and they're like, "Well, Quinn, <laughs> Quinn looks like he's back to normal." <laughs> Quinn he's is... like, "Do you guys do, do you guys know like what what bugs are usually around here at this point?" <laughs> I saw this beetle. I saw this beetle earlier. <laughs> I was trying to identify, and I wasn't uh, sure if you guys knew. Yeah, I've seen Sark, this any Wednesday update. Sark just yeah, smiling. Uh, He's Quinn is back. Quinn is back to normal. <laughs> we closed him in a dark room for three weeks, and he has returned, and he's his usual self. Uh, he's playing with Legos in the uh, in the team room. Everyone's very excited about it. Uh, no fly list. Arkansas at Mississippi State on the SEC Network. Kind of interesting game. Arkansas, some of the heat has come off in recent weeks because of uh, it not playing all that well um but mississippi state has <laughs> been bad yeah yeah because of it not being very good um <laughs> but i think that this is an interesting matchup i think it's a good matchup uh, pretty evenly balanced i would consider these these two teams very different styles um i think that this is kind of an underrated gym i think that this is going to be a, a one of the more fun ones to watch in the the noon slot and one that i'm i'm interested in if I recall correctly, this is kind of the game that, that Arkansas usually handles pretty well. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, right. Like, I believe uh, last year their defense held Mississippi State to like 28 points. And I think even, uh, yeah, this is, before that it was 14. Yeah, like, this, is, uh, this is the time for the Barry Odo masterclass is when he's playing an offense that like is pretty good, but it's not really a big game. And so nobody is really paying attention. That's that's when Barry Odom really shines. 100%. Yeah, this is this is his stuff. And then they, then they get BYU next week and they'll get shredded for 45 points. Yeah. Um, and people are still going to call him a head coaching candidate because he used to coach a team a while ago. Yeah. Um, and win exactly 500 across like four seasons. Yeah, they, they love to uh, they love to do that. Yeah, I think that this is probably that is probably my guess is that Arkansas wins somewhat comfortably because I do think that their defense is pretty well built for a game like this, which is to say that Mississippi State does not have superior athletes, which seems to be Basically, the only requirement for beating Arkansas is that you just have to have better athletes than they do on the on defense, and then you can do pretty much whatever you want. Um, and yeah. Mississippi State doesn't, so I think that Arkansas can win this game. That's right. I, I do think they win this game as well because it sets them up perfectly for the classic Arkansas finish, which is like build some hype, build some momentum, blow at least one game you should have won, followed up by losing to a much better team than you, yeah. then get a comeback game against a pretty good team, then lose another one. Then like beat a few shitty teams, then get one more surprise win to end the season and go eight and four yeah. with like one upset win and like two bad losses and to claim it's a pretty good year and you're building towards something. Yeah, that's the exact usual Arkansas path, which is what they're doing because they're gonna beat Mississippi State, lose to BYU of course on the road. Yeah, of course. Uh, then get their bye week, then beat Auburn, beat Liberty, and then probably like lose to LSU for some reason, but then beat Ole Miss mm-hmm. and then uh, beat Missouri, finish eight and four, finish ranked. They're just like the classic uh, token SEC ranked win that actually is not a good football team. Yeah, that's who Arkansas is meant to be now. It's under Sam Pittman. They're yeah. pissing me off. I'm 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 throwing Arkansas away. <laughs> the idea of Arkansas having to play a game at BYU Stadium. I was just at BYU Stadium. is is very very funny because that place is a shithole. It's like extremely cramped and uh, the fans are like right on top of you and it, it just it looks like it hasn't really been updated at all since it was built. Um, very funny. Very funny to think about Arkansas fans having to go there or the team having to play there um you got like eight-year-olds in the stands yelling slurs at you like that's not (laughs) it's not a good environment to be in if you're arkansas um and also did you see really quick before we i'm sorry i'm spending a lot of time on this on this slate but uh do you see the mississippi state uh the stadium they are allowing fans in like the uh um uh, in the club section to bring in their own refrigerators to games (laughs) 
What? <laughs> I swear to God, you're allowed to bring in mini fridges to games if you have like a maybe it's like a box seat. I'll pull uh-huh. this up. Um, Mississippi State refrigerators. <laughs> that's that's uh, play into the audience at least. They 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 know yeah. what the people want. Fans have the opportunity to bring in personal seating, tables, small refrigerators, fans, and other approved Holy items. shit. Ta- uh, tables? But, <laughs> <laughs> but you can't bring in grills or tents for any cooking uh, appliances. Of course. Uh, but uh, where is this ending up is some rich-ass Mississippi State booster is going to end up like throwing a refrigerator off the side of the stadium. Yeah, of course. Yeah. During the Egg Bowl, probably. Yeah. 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 Uh, which is <laughs> ideal. Um yeah, yeah. We're, we're excited to report that Lane Kiffin is in stable position in the ER after he was hit by a falling mini fridge. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> Lane. That's, Lane carried a mini fridge just to see media days to yeah. make, it, make it funnier. Yeah, very yeah. funny. He's got like a huge welt on his head, like a Looney Tunes style welt on his head, carrying it around. Um, Purdue at Maryland on the Big Ten Network. Um, man, I don't think that I don't really. I don't think I have a whole lot of interest in this one. I'm going to be honest. It's on here because these are two at least bowl-level Big Ten teams, but I just don't really like watching these guys, either of them. I, I Purdue more so than Maryland, but I really don't like watching Maryland. Um, I think that this is sort of one that will be important to these teams, but one that really will not be as fun as it maybe sounds on paper. I don't know. I think, again, this is a narrative game. It's going to be pretty compelling to me, just purely not at the, the actual football is like whatever, but it's kind of interesting to see what happens in, in terms of the narrative. I don't know. I know we've talked about Maryland's offense in recent weeks. I like it more than you do. You think it's boring. I think it's kind of compelling. Um, Maryland's a better rushing team than people are realizing around the country and Purdue's rushing defense has been excellent, Yeah. Um, which means they're going to make Talia beat them with his arm, which yeah. he has uh, done every once in a while, but certainly doesn't do it consistently. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, and these I, receivers have been pretty disappointing this year too. Yeah, I um, my guess would be that Charlie Jones is going to give them the business. That would be my assumption for this. I, game. I think that's a certain possibility, but I don't know for Maryland. Like, I, this is a very winnable game, dude. Like Purdue is sure. is just okay. They sh- they have a chance to not be the usual Maryland team. Like the rest of their schedule is pretty pretty compelling. Like this is a Maryland team that actually has a chance to win like eight or nine games and finish ranked. It's mm-hmm. not crazy. Like if you look at their schedule, it's very possible. Uh, of course, that requires them not being Maryland and fucking this up this exact week. Yeah. For Purdue, they have a wide open Big Ten West. Uh, you know, they've already beaten Minnesota. Uh, they get, I believe, they have a pretty, I'll check both these schedules here really quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have a pretty advantageous schedule with teams coming to them. Yeah, the next few weeks, they go at Maryland uh, versus Nebraska, at Wisconsin versus Iowa, uh, at Illinois versus Northwestern, at Indiana. Mm-hmm. Like, That's, that team yeah. can win eight or nine games. That team can win the Big Ten West with that schedule. Yeah. Um, so, and Maryland can certainly, with their schedule being versus Purdue at Indiana, versus Northwestern, at Wisconsin, at Penn State, versus Ohio State, versus Rutgers, you can go eight and four, even nine and three. You can beat Wisconsin. Yeah. Uh, these are two huge opportunities for both these teams. I just would like to see one of them seize it and actually look good. Yeah. Maryland's secondary being as bad as it is and the linebackers being as manipulatable as they are um, yeah. really, really makes me worried about this matchup for them because uh, Aiden O'Connell, he's. I believe he's playing. He did he play? I think he played last week. Um, he is playing, correct? Yeah, he's played Aiden, the last two, we've asked this like two weeks in a row. Yeah, it's hard to say. It's impossible to know <laughs> if quarterbacks are starting or not. Um, but Aiden O'Connell is not going to miss the deep balls that were wide open that uh, JJ McCarthy and um, Peyton Thorne did for Michigan and Michigan State, respectively. He won't miss those. Uh, you're you're thinking of uh, uh, not of Peyton Thorne, but the uh, Tanner Morgan, the Minnesota quarterback. 
No, I'm talking about against Maryland. I'm talking about Maryland. Oh, secondary. sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah. Um, no, but uh, Aiden O'Connell's not going to miss those, and Charlie Jones is going to be open all game, just like Michigan State's and Michigan's receivers were. If uh, if Michigan State's and Michigan's receivers are getting open downfield against you, Charlie Jones is certainly going to, and Aiden O'Connell is not going to miss those throws. So I think that I think that Maryland is maybe in for kind of a kind of a rude awakening here. I don't I don't have a whole lot of faith in Maryland's ability to win this game. Um, Closing out the noon slate uh, is one that I don't think we're going to linger on for very long. Missouri at Florida, ESPNU. Um, the reasoning here for uh, for this is just that Florida really shouldn't lose this game, right? Better not. If yeah. you're Billy Napier, you better not lose this game. You are you are putting yourself on a path towards being fired. You'll probably never recover from for Billy Napier. Yeah, probably uh, probably should not lose this one. Not a good game to lose, especially at home, but just in general. Yeah. Um, losing. To I Mer- think Missouri probably just played like the best possible game they could play last week and still lost. And, yeah. Like, I don't think they have it in them two weeks in a row. Uh, but. Yeah, I. I they better they better not lose for Florida. You better not. <laughs> yeah, I would assume that Florida is going to win. I, I guess that they're favored pretty heavily, um, but yeah, something to keep an eye on. Don't lose this one. It would be bad to lose. They almost lost to USF, so it's not nothing is impossible. Um, afternoon, the Abu Ghraib game of the week. It's the Pac-12. We love it. We love the West Coast Conference. We love the Pac-12. It's Utah at UCLA, three thirty on Fox. Uh, great game. Great game. We said coming into the season that this was going to be great. It is. Uh, excited to see these rushing attacks. Excited to see what UCLA has uh, for this defense. I thought it did a really, really good job against Washington. Showed off a lot of individual ability that we had not seen yet this season. Zach Charbonnet stands out. Jake Bobo stands out. I thought Dorian Thompson-Robinson played a really good game. Um, and then Utah has just been quietly dominant since it's it's a kind of bizarre loss to Florida to start the season, uh, as Utah loves to do. Utah is every, seemingly every season takes a really strange week one or two loss and then just becomes one of the best teams in the country. Um, I think this is just a great football game. I, I, I would guess that Utah wins because I think that they are more structurally sound, but I think it's going to be really good. Yeah, uh, it, it's a fascinating game for sure, like you said. I mean, Utah obviously really needs this one. They came into the season with high expectations, um, tough first-week loss at Florida. And it'd be nice to see them kind of win on the road in a big game, right? Like, I mean, yeah. that, That's something that I'd like to see them prove. Um, UCLA also, uh, again, a team we were high on that I think didn't get a lot of love in the national media. Mm-hmm. Um, they are a team that knows what they want to do, right? They want to run the football at you. They want to prove they can do it. Um, and, and they've largely done it. Dorian Thompson-Robinson has been really good when he's been asked to throw. He had a great week last week. Um, but this would be, I think, just the what? It, this is only the third road game that Utah's played this year. The first two were Florida, which they lost, and Arizona State, where they mm-hmm. win but didn't look dominant. They were by fine. standards. Yeah, they were yeah. fine. Um, UCLA is obviously, I think, at this point in the season, I, I don't know if you could argue they're more seasoned, but obviously playing that Washington game is a pretty big deal. They, they they struggled early on with South Alabama, so they're a good football team. Um, I'm excited, man. It's a really good football game overall. It's just two good teams that know exactly what they want to do. They want to do similar things. Um, I do worry this Utah defensive front is not what we've seen from them in recent seasons, right? They're a little bit undersized for the usual group. Yeah. Maybe not as experienced as they've been um, against a UCLA team that wants to run the ball out at you all day. That's kind of concerning. Yeah. Um, so I do want to see how Utah holds up on the matchups. If UCLA wins this one, they are in a fucking awesome spot the rest of the season too. Yeah. You know I, was, I, mean? I was just looking at the schedule. They get a bye week after this and then they go to Oregon and then they have Stanford at home at Arizona state, Arizona at home, uh, USC at home, and then at Cal to end the season. If they win this game, they will be at least, at the very least, 10-2. and two. 
Um, yeah. And I don't think it's impossible. Which is a great to, year. Yeah, I yeah. don't think it's impossible at all to think that they could beat Oregon or, or hell, no, I mean, or I, that they could I, beat I mean, USC at home. I don't think that either right. one of those would be out of the question. I, I would say if you had at that point in time, if you had to set their over under on wins, it's probably ten and a half, and I think I might take the over. Yeah, dude, it would be so funny. This won't happen. They will lose this week just because we even said this. But it would be so funny if UCLA just has the quietest undefeated season like of all time. Just, just yeah. uh, nobody ever really looks at them, and then it's uh, you know week 11 or week 12 or whatever we're calling it. It's the the penultimate game of the regular season, and they beat like a top five USC, and everybody's like, wait a second. <laughs> does it say, right, does do that say 11 and 0? What's going on? Wait a second. <laughs> what you're describing is basically Michigan State's 2015 season, right? Yeah. Yeah, where they, they beat... Uh, yeah, I guess it is pretty much exactly that, where they beat Ohio State in the, the second to last week of the season. And they got they, Iowa, like, well, we have to put them in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and everybody after that Ohio State game is like, oh, shit, wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> somebody, somebody has to be in and it's not going to be the guys that we thought was going to be in so yeah and then, and then you'll get the glowing profiles of chip kelly as like the you know the college football like genius that he's always been and yeah they get to praise him the way they praise mark antonio and yeah. then somehow two years later chip kelly will recruit a bunch of really bad guys yeah and yeah sex scandals and get fired in disgrace <laughs> yeah, i was gonna um, say that that would mean that we are two years out from the funniest ucla recruiting class of all time um which would be yeah that that's uh that all checks that all checks out with me um, but yeah, I'm excited about this one. I think it's a really good schematic matchup, a really good chess match between two coaches who have been doing it on their respective side of the ball very well for quite some time. Um, I think it's just going to be really good. I would be, I'm going to be more bummed out by this if it is a, if it is a blowout, if it's not a competitive game, then I would be by either one of these teams winning. I'm, I'm happy with either result as long as it is just a close football game. I'm, I'm rooting for it to be fun more than anything else. Yeah, I agree. I think it'll deliver too. I mean, this is going to be in the Rose Bowl. Unfortunately, we won't get that like a sunset on the San Gabriel Mountains because yeah. uh, it's a little too early in the day, local time. Yeah, but sure, be a lot cooler if we did. Yeah, it would, um, be, it would be a lot cooler if we did for sure. And we will get the most <laughs> annoying sports writers on earth tweeting out pictures about uh, you know, oh, the Rose Bowl is not full. Okay, sure, whatever. I don't care. Shut up. Don't care. Not yeah. my problem. I'm not the one who's making ticket profits. I don't care. I, it's uh, yeah. I just I just don't care. If a team has poor ticket sales, it's not my problem. That's their problem. They can figure it out but i don't need to care about it i'm sorry i i just i just don't um most wanted texas how about really quick before we get on to this you know how the steelers back in the day like during the uh, uh iron curtain teams steel curtain teams mm-hmm. uh used to have uh franco's italian army you know what i'm talking about for franco harris no no i wouldn't know any of that that is okay. none of well, none of that i would know yeah a bunch of italian pittsburgh guys used to go to the games and, and like dress up in like italian steelers gear and have love, franco's italian army signs it's pretty that. funny if you look it up from the 70s yeah i love but that. uh I would like to see Utah's Polynesian polycule. Okay. I like to see a bunch of big sweaty Polynesian guys kissing each other at the game. Okay. And, yeah. You know, get warmed up. Yeah. Um, People don't realize that, but BYU does actually have that, and they bring them out at the fourth in the fourth <laughs> quarter. Um, most wanted Texas Tech at Oklahoma State. I'm not kidding. They really do. Uh, Texas Tech at Oklahoma State, three thirty on FS1. Um, more of a uh, a test to see what Oklahoma State is cooking than uh, really like full four quarters football game um just want to see if oklahoma state takes care of business against uh, a texas tech team that is lively at least if, if nothing else they are not good but they are lively they have played competitive football games against good teams uh they have beaten i think several good teams beating texas was a, a an impressive win from them even if they kind of didn't earn it all that much they still won the game um and i am i am testing the waters of oklahoma state being the runaway champion in the big 12 and this this game 
this is the kind of game that I want to see them win by two scores to be pretty, you know, to 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 continue my confidence in their ability to run away with the the conference. I I, I need to see them win a game that could be a potential a potential letdown. Yeah, hundred percent fair. Um, I don't know. I, they also, I, I just think they've been like uh, truly like I know you hate to hate to do this early this season, but they are the most ain't played nobody team of the year, right? Like Baylor is just I think clearly we can say not who we thought they were. Um, I, I don't I, know I that we can say that they've lost to two good teams. I mean, they they, they I think BYU and uh, Oklahoma State are both firmly good, and they lost to both of them, but they were competitive in both games. Um, I don't know. I'm not impressed with them this season. They play close at Iowa State. Like it's just. Uh, yeah. Whatever. I'm pretty iffy on Baylor, and I think they're probably going to end up being like an eight and four football team at this point. Yeah. Which is still a good year. I, I mean, I'm not trying to bitch too much, but it's not what I want, obviously, out of Baylor. Oklahoma State, yeah, the defense is nasty. We know that. Um, I don't know. Like, are we that confident? Like, they played Central Michigan close. They played Arizona State close. They blew out Arkansas Pine Bluff, and they played Baylor close. Like, yeah. I, I don't like, I think they win this game, but it's not going to mean anything to me. I think Texas Tech is overrated. I think Texas Tech has probably the single luckiest win on the season so far to date, like the way they beat Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, they had no business winning that game. Just a weird, fluky game. Um, and besides that, their only wins are Murray State and Houston. So, like, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't think much Texas Tech. I think Oklahoma State should win this game, but it won't mean much to me. Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, that that's not terribly far from what I'm expecting. Just, I want to see them look like a, uh, a, a contender. I want to see them look like a, a title contender for that, for that conference. And, Part of that is, uh, as we're going to talk about with the Ohio State game in this slate in the no-fly list, um, part of that, and, and Ohio State has proven this year after year, and that's something that Oklahoma does every year usually, except for this year or last year, or a lot of Lincoln Riley's tenure. Um, Alabama does it, Georgia does it. When you want to be a perennial title contender within your conference, you need to win games like this, and you need to look impressive doing it cannot have letdown situations and that's that's what i want to see from oklahoma state is just consistency week in week out can you you know can you do it in several ways can you beat teams in several ways and that's that's i'm more interested in that than anything else here can you do it on a rainy night at stoke yeah can you do it with your face down and with your ass up it's interesting it's something that we're looking at <laughs> at oklahoma state uh can mike can you do it for me butt naked yeah can, can mike gundy <laughs> Uh, bust it down. Can he keep it wet? Can he, uh, <laughs> any number of things. Can he go for a second round? Um, you know, uh, it, it's, uh, we're, we're keeping an eye on him for sure. Um, ECU at Tulane, 3.30 on ESPNU. Uh, listen, somebody has to be second in the AAC. Somebody has to be second in the AAC, and I don't think that SMU or UCF really wants to do it, so these guys are kind of the next tier from that. Um, the afternoon slate here in general is not great, which is why this is in the most wanted window, um, but some it's important for the AAC, at least. This is firmly the top five is, is this group, uh, the Wednesday night game, and then Cincinnati, uh, and... It's a top five conference matchup. Uh, Tulane with a chance to—I don't even remember what Tulane did last week. Uh, I'm not—I'm not going to pretend that I remember off the top of my head. Tulane won. Tulane won. Tulane won. Who'd they play? They played. They played uh, Houston. That's right. They beat Houston. Uh, So chance to build on that momentum. ECU uh, still has has completely lost my trust by losing to Navy, which is embarrassing. Um, But chance to bounce back a little bit from that. Uh, interesting enough game. I, I think important if you are interested in the AAC for figuring out which teams will be competing to lose to Cincinnati by three touchdowns come uh, come December. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I don't know. Like uh, Tulane just loves to play one score games. They'll somehow manage to get Cincinnati into one score game for for a lot of the game and then lose in terrible fashion. Yeah, they do um, love to do that. 
But no, I don't know. I like this team. Um, I, I think they've been a darling of the season. I'd like to see them win. Uh, East Carolina has been a pretty solid football team, which is who they thought, who we thought they were, right? Like it's a yeah. good football game. It's just a solid game with some conference title implications. Yeah. Um, in a window where the rest of these games are kind of like big name games, they're probably gonna be kind of stinky. Like Georgia plays here, Ohio State plays here. Yeah. They play bad conference games. Um, you know, I I think if you're looking for an actual football game to watch early on, this is your third game to flip to after Texas Tech, Oklahoma State, and Utah, UCLA. Yeah. And then after that, you box score watch it at one, see what's close, right? That's yeah. kind of what the game plan is. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, Michael Pratt is playing in this game for Tulane because if he is, then we would have a pretty interesting quarterback duel with him and Holton Aylers. Uh, he didn't play last week. It didn't hurt him. Didn't stop him from beating Houston, but hopefully he is playing here. I will not pretend to know if he is. Uh, no fly list. We got a pair of Mac games on ESPN Plus. Uh, both with some title implications. Kent State at Miami of Ohio uh, and Toledo at NIU, both at 330. NIU has not had the same one-score game luck that they had last season, which is how one-score game luck works, but I think that they Mm -hmm. are pretty much the same exact team as they were last year, and so they are very much capable of winning this game. Home game against a Toledo team that has not yet shit its pants this season, save for the San Diego State uh, game, but this is a program that loves to shit its pants and, and will do so uh, pretty much whenever given the opportunity. And then Kent State Miami is, I think, I think just a pretty good football game, just a pretty interesting, pretty good football game. I'm curious to see what Kent State has here after really, really not looking good against Ohio. They survived, but Jesus Christ, you can't go to overtime with Ohio. That is, that's no, that's not gonna that's not gonna work. Um, and then Miami. How much longer have, has Tim Elvin got there? Is he hanging on? Do you think? Um, let's hope not long. Let's hope that we can just pluck those those yeah. fingers off the ledge and, and help him help we are, him along. <laughs> we are um, honestly praying on his downfall. Truly, yeah. And some of us are even actively sort of uh, working to make sure that it happens. Um, but uh, Miami of Ohio, we have not seen a single thing from this season. Really positive. Really quick, sorry, sorry, I keep cutting you off, Patrick. That's the thing you don't get from other college football podcasts. You don't get like completely nonsensical vendettas against random, like yeah. mediocre. Yeah, G5 nobody coaches. else. Nobody else hates Tim Alvin like we do. Nobody else <laughs> out there hates Tim Alvin in the way that we do. Nobody else has the uh, the long running, several years running uh, belief that Jason Candle is Mickey Mouse. Nobody else is out there saying that. You're only going to get that here. Um, <laughs> because we're the only ones who actually watch football, which is really a bold approach that we're very excited about moving forward with, uh, being the only college football podcast that watches the games. It seems like it's, uh, mm-hmm. it seems like it's a valuable lane that maybe more people should be looking into, but don't tell them that cause this is ours. Uh, they need to stay away. They need to keep talking about like, uh, which Marvel movie, uh, Oklahoma is like, or whatever the fuck those guys are doing. Um, yeah. But it's my, like when you're in a TikTok, yeah. Yeah, it's like when you're in a TikTok. Um, but Miami has not played a single football game this year. Not a single thing. I don't know anything about these fuck this this fucking team. So I'm interested to see what they can do against Kent State. Um, just two good MAC games. If you're interested at all in the MAC, I think that these are both um, worth watching in a window that does not offer a whole lot else really be- beyond the the Utah UCLA game. So maybe pull them up on the laptop or something. You're gonna have to go to the different channel to watch them anyway because they're on ESPN Plus. Um, I think worth monitoring. I'm, I'm curious about these two. Yeah, hundred um, percent. The other games this window, we have Ohio state and Michigan state, which a uh, 26 and a half point line as we're recording this, it's going to be a blowout. Michigan yeah. state just constitutionally incapable of playing against Ohio state. Just, or anybody seemingly this season <clears throat> or anybody. Yeah. <laughs> it used to just be us. Now it's just everybody. Yeah. Um, yeah. No interest in being great. Scared to be great. Yeah. Um, the North Carolina Miami game, I'm kind of interested in. Uh, if anything else, it's an opportunity to see Drake May. Like if this window does suck and like mm-hmm. Oklahoma State blows out Texas Tech and it's just like 
it's Utah, UCLA, and ECU Tulane. Like you're looking for a third game. Yeah. It'd be cool if I could be North Carolina, Miami. I'd like to see a little more of Drake May. I think he's a pretty damn good quarterback so far. Um, Tyler Van Dyke is also going to be on the field, probably. Is he? Um, I guess he didn't get. Ben- he- they said he he wasn't benched, right? They said that he's he remains right. the starter, which is very funny to bench a guy in a game and then heading into the next game, he's the starter again. It happens all the time. It happens it's, all the time. It's just very funny. It's very funny to do. If like, what's going to change? What do you? <laughs> Do you think you can fix in a week that will make him not shitty? Like the, the... I will say that the, the one thing in his defense is like their only good deep threat receiver's been out. I'm, I'm forgetting the kid's name right now, but he's been out the whole season pretty much. Like it'd be nice for like if if as we've criticized him for the only thing this kid can do is throw deep balls. So if he had one deep ball receiver, that'd probably be good for him. Yeah, I think the second thing in his defense is that anybody else is also anybody else who could replace him is also a Miami quarterback, and so uh, it's not <laughs> it's not going to be any better. They're all shitty for the exact same reasons. They all have to play for Mario Cristobal, and so it doesn't really matter. It's more just uh, which shade of bad quarterback play do you want within the offense? And I guess Tyler Van Dyke is no no better or worse than anybody else that they could throw out there. So whatever. Um, yeah, Drake May is compelling. Uh, Ohio State is going to just name its score, I think, against Michigan State. That defense is mm-hmm. awful. Um, and, I'll say this. Uh, Ryan Day, if you're listening to this podcast, you better score 50, motherfucker. You he, better not and he is. Any score less than 50. He is listening to this podcast because he's, he's very vain. He's a very vain man. And as we have established before, of course, he's also racist. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think, it's a, I think it's a name your score game there. I think that, uh, honestly, with how how severe that beatdown was in that game last year is going to be kind of hard to top, but I think they can do it. I think Ohio State is game for it to, uh, to build on, what was it like 56 to seven last year to, uh, to maybe that, even ramp that, that up right. to like a, uh, like a you know, mid 2010s Ohio State versus Nebraska yeah, level of seven. game. Damn, you had it on the nose. You yeah. are a Buckeye fan. Uh, <laughs> I just have a photographic memory for every game that I've ever covered. Um, it's, uh, it's actually very bad. It's, it's deeply harmful to me. Like I, for example, I remember, I believe that the Iowa game in 2017 finished 55 to 24 um it's uh i could i can i can go i can go for a while um uh really quick here's a here's a fun little fact for you okay there were six six ohio state players that had positive rushing yards in this game mm-hmm. how many can you name is this last year's game this is last year's game <sighs> okay um jesus i all of the members of the team have immediately left my brain uh travion henderson mayan williams that's two uh, cj stroud no, CJ Stroud had negative yards. CJ Stroud managed, so they had six guys and n- not CJ Stroud. Um, oh, uh, Jack Miller played in this game, didn't he? Didn't he have a big nope, touchdown it was, run? It's he did. Another quarterback. Keep going. Okay. Um, Quinn only handed the ball off. I don't remember who he would have handed it to. Yeah, Kyle McCord. Then um, that's him. That's weird. I don't remember him playing in that game. Uh, I suppose that speaks guys, to. Uh, I suppose that speaks to Kyle McCord just in general as a as a guy. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think Marcus Crowley would have been alive at that point in the season, right? He was, he would have been correct, but there is another running back on the team. There is another running back on the team. That's, that's interesting. Cause I don't think that there is, I disagree. <laughs> There's another running back on the team. Oh, Evan Pryor. Did he play in this game? Nope. It's an nope. older one. In fact, actually technically two of the running backs got yardage. Did Xavier Johnson. No shot did, at the last one. Did, nope. did, Keep going. Did, oh my God. They had so many, there was the fucking it's the preacher uh, man. It's the preacher man. I have no idea. Um, Master Teague. Master Teague. Is Master Teague. Okay, yeah, I have immediately... Master Teague has left my brain. He's gone. I will never think yeah. about Master Teague again. Um, the fifth one is a guy, the only guy they ever ran oh, jet sweeps to. Uh, the only guy they ever ran jet sweeps to. Garrett Wilson? 
That's right. That's yeah. right. And then did the Mi- sixth one? Did okay. Mitch Rossi carry it all here? No, no shot. You get this. It is. It is fucking Robert Cope, who's a Robert Cope. Okay. Yeah. Of course, Robert Cope. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I think that this could be like a a mid twenty tens uh, Nebraska style uh, massacre for Ohio State. Ohio State. Uh, for those of you not familiar, in like mid to late 2010s would kept playing a ranked Nebraska team for some reason and every year would <laughs> would increase the amount that they beat the shit out of them by to the point where I think the last one it was like 66 to nothing or something like that and they killed the quarterback in the process um that is uh that is this style of of uh of matchup they they will I think Michigan State is the new team who they have decided that they have to do that to every year for some reason um which is funny we do yeah, love that. which is we, we love to be the bully funny. in the conference them and Maryland Ohio State loves to beat the fuck out of michigan state and maryland um except for once every eight years whenever maryland somehow like terrifies us yeah classic uh evening slate guantanamo bay two games uh florida state at nc state is at 8 p.m on the acc network for some reason and then western kentucky at utsa is at 6 p.m on espn plus um western kentucky and utsa is the conference usa championship they will have to play again at the end of the year but these are the only two teams in the league that are even kind of competent um and it's going to be just a really good football game i'm excited to see austin reed and uh and frank harris and sort of a quarterback duel uh excited to see these offenses in general i think utsa is better i think utsa is going to win but i think it will be uh, compelling football game. I'm excited to watch it. And then Florida State, NC State, obviously two darlings of the show who have recently scorned us with losses. Uh, but they each have the chance to uh, they can they can earn back Dad's love by winning this game. Um, mm, maybe they, yours. Maybe yeah. <laughs> well, Florida State, I guess, never really lost yours. But um, both of these teams have uh, they, they've they've been put into the doghouse. I have the eating dog food this week, and the winner will not have to eat dog food anymore. Um, even though the game, the loser is, uh, doesn't get to eat. Yeah, the, the loser doesn't get to eat. We're gonna we're gonna send them out. We're gonna do uh, we're gonna moonrise kingdom them to uh, to to go back to the Ed Orgeron thing. Um, that's how the kid got away. Is that we didn't want him? We just didn't want him back. Uh, I don't know why this one doesn't get to be on real TV. Why why they put it on the ACC <laughs> network? But uh, still, pretty bizarre. Yeah, one of actually, the best games know. of the of the slate and really of the day. Just just really fun football game. I don't think it's going to be especially important. I guess. I, I guess it kind What's of. What's on ABC could be. that night? Is there something? Um, I don't know what the ABC game is. It's not on our list. <laughs> if there is an uh, ABC game, it's not on here. Um, I'm pulling it up right now. It's, I'm going on the classic ABC website we all know and love. Oh yes, we oh. love the ABC website. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the what the primetime game is this week. Um, CBS has a night game, which maybe is part of why they don't have one. But there's not even an ESPN game on this list. I don't know what's going on. That's Clemson at Boston College on the ABC game. Okay, so that's why it's not on here. Yeah, that makes sense. I stand by that. That's unreal. Yeah. Um, But this is is fun. This is a fun ACC game. Two fun offenses. I think that this will be good. Yeah, I'd like to see Devin Leary stop embarrassing me too and get his shit together. Um, (laughs) It's still because... Look, watching that game, NC State losing to Clemson, and just seeing Devin Carter drop like three critical passes in his hands that he easily could have caught. I fucking hate that kid, man. Yeah. He is one of the players I hate most in college football. He he is fucking up the bag for the rest of us. He really is. Oh, just... He's making me embarrassed, dude. That shouldn't happen to my guys. Like, he's not one of my guys to clarify, but he's fucking up one of my guys. Yeah, Um, yeah. If we were running a college football team, we would absolutely have... We would go to the Urban Meyer school of having guys who we like and then other guys on the team who we hate. 
go, and we let them know that we hate them. Just, just oh, <laughs> you have to. Yeah, why can't you catch? We're gonna, you know what? You have to wear number thirty-seven this week. Fuck you. Why can't you catch the football? That is honestly the fact that he would do that and just make guys like wear bad. It's numbers so funny. The bad money. So the, the bad number thing is one of my favorite college football things. It have <laughs> it's not just an Ohio State thing. I have seen it elsewhere. But Urban Meyer loved to do that. He loved to say that a guy was hurt for exactly one week, never say what the injury was, and then when the guy came back, he had the worst number you've ever seen. He loved <laughs> to do that. Oh yeah, it's good. I miss him a little bit. Not at Ohio State, just as a college, just being around <laughs> college you, football. Do you remember the the guy who I am thinking of? This is so far off the rails, but do you remember the Eric Smith saga where he was he was seemingly every <laughs> other week he was hurt, and then he came back with a worse number the next week. By the end of the season, he was wearing like forty six. You're like, what did dude, this I was always do? convinced he was going to be good too. <laughs> he was such a hard hitter in high school. Uh, All those Glenville safeties have been sick for years, going back and back. Yeah. Uh, I thought he was Christian Bryant 2.0. Wasn't yeah. to be. Man, classic, uh, classic guy. We could, we could go, we could go bar for bar naming Glenville guys for quite some time. <laughs> Starting, of course, with Marcellus Jones. <laughs> oh, the greatest, the greatest. I mean. I have a person will be starting with Cardell Jones, but I appreciate yeah. yours as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, uh, good Guantanamo Bay slate. I think that both of those two games are compelling. The most wanted slate in here also pretty good. Uh, starting off at 7.30 with Iowa at Illinois on the Big Ten Network. Uh, another chance for Illinois to out-team uh, a team, to out-identity the identity of a team that it is playing. And also, if Illinois wins this game, it's like one of the favorites in the West, right? It would be them and Purdue. I would say it is like and I guess the Minnesota. hands-down favorite. I mean, they, they, I believe, still have to play both uh, Wisconsin, which is now kind of toothless. Yeah. Uh, to some extent, and Minnesota. Yeah. So the next schedule for for Illinois, they get Iowa this week at home. They get Minnesota at home. Yeah. Then they get a bye week. Then they get Nebraska on the road, Michigan State at home, Purdue at home, Michigan on the road, Northwestern on the road. The Michigan game is going to beat. That's that's rough. That's rough to get that as one of your crossover games. They really. Yeah, sure, but they really, 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 really should not have lost to Indiana. They should go back and not lose to Indiana. That would be my recommendation. Yeah, but but here's the thing: is if they beat Iowa. And Minnesota, every other contender has at least two conference losses too, and they'll head to head against them. Yeah, they control their own destiny right now. If they win these next two weeks, they are still the favorite. Yeah, like you, you probably shouldn't lose to Purdue. That kind of puts you in a tricky spot, but that's your. I mean, if losing Purdue is your only problem, like come on, what are we doing here? Yeah, I think that they will probably win this game too. Right? Is that crazy? Is it crazy to think that I, Illinois is I going think to they win, win this game? game? Because I think Illinois' defense is just as good as Iowa's. Yeah, and uh, Iowa cannot move the football at all, and Illinois can. Illinois has at least one good offensive player, and Iowa doesn't have any. Correct. And I, what I'm curious to see here is like the Iowa defense has just had a really banged up secondary and has not been very good in the secondary this year. Yeah. Yeah, which is tough for them because i think this defense if they had been healthy the whole season would be uh they're already the more defense in the country but i think would be even better yeah um yeah i mean the question is can illinois find a way to throw the football over the middle they have all these tight ends they recruited guys that are supposed to be good they have these like like little quick slot receivers like this is a team that's supposed to be able to throw over the middle it's kind of what they're built to throw as mm-hmm. can they actually trust tommy video to do it without their interceptions a million times yeah can they trust them to do that i don't and, know if the answer is uh, i'll if they say don't, against a team in wisconsin that is built sort of similarly in the way that they want to do things defensively illinois did it illinois did a really good job of it it's true yeah i mean he i, I wouldn't say he like lit the world on fire but he hit his passes right it was yeah. all a bunch of short passes uh he had 24 attempts for 167 yards he hit uh two-thirds of his passes 
Yep. That's exactly that's all they need. That's all they need from him. Yep. yep. Uh, Play action just to keep the defense from getting too far into the box. And uh, he has right. been good at it. I think the design has been really good as well. They've, they've done a good job of getting the tight ends open uh, without just relying on them winning one-on-one matchups. They have schemed them open, which is encouraging. And that's something that they went and hired Barry Lunny for, and he has uh, he's done it. He does a good job with it. Um, yeah, I 100%. think I think they I could mean, totally win this game. Yeah, I mean they they held uh, Chesma Lucy and Brandon Allen to a combined 15 carries for 18 yards. Yeah, uh, which is nuts. Like, and look, Iowa's running game is not as good as Wisconsin. Wisconsin, no. obviously, Wisconsin has not been good this year, but it's still miles better than Iowa's. So they're just going to say, "Hey, Spencer Petras, we dare you to throw the football. We dare you to beat us over the top." And they can't do it. They hundred yeah. percent can't do it. I don't know if Iowa will score in this football game. Yeah, Iowa, I, I, it would require, I think, some defensive points, defensive or special teams points for them to uh, to get on the board here because that offense is just, it's one of the worst that I've ever seen. It is one of the worst yeah. college football offenses I've ever and seen. And to be fair, the way Illinois has an inexplicable loss to Indiana is they've the ball over four times. Yeah. That's what happened. Yeah. Uh, and I believe they put it on the ground two other times they recovered. They, they could have thrown the ball over six times that game. Yeah. Uh, just don't do that and you're fine. <laughs> yeah, just simply don't do that. And they've, they've been better about it. So we'll, uh, we'll see. I, I have faith in yeah. Illinois here. Um, uh, they're averaging. I'm really quick. One, sorry, before you go on. Yeah. Uh, and non-Indiana games, they're averaging less than five points allowed to the offense. Jesus Christ, they've been so good. And even like Indiana, been... Indiana's offense was completely stifled, but for one drive. Indiana had one good drive in the entire game. It just happened to be the game-winning one. Um, 100. That defense yeah. has been so fucking good. Like against Iowa or against Wisconsin, it's kind of the same thing. Where Wisconsin comes out, has a nice drive, and then Illinois just ends the game. Illinois is just nope. That's it. That's the last that we we've seen it once, and we're not going to let you do it anymore for the rest of the game. Um, yeah. they have been just dominant, uh, completely dominant defensively. And Iowa, even with the very low standards of Wisconsin, Iowa is nowhere near that offensively. Nowhere near it. Yeah. It is a different stat- stratosphere entirely. Um, yeah, that, I, I think Illinois can totally win this game. Uh, Washington State at USC, 730 on Fox. Um, more and more teams are picking up on the strategy of just playing zone coverage against Caleb Williams, and it just keeps working. Uh, USC was eventually able to pull away against Arizona State, but did not look good in that game for like three quarters. Uh, and Washington State is much, much, much better than Arizona State. I think that there is uh, plenty of reason to believe that they can keep this close as well. It's just that eventually somebody needs to actually win the game instead of just keeping it close into the fourth quarter. And I don't know that Washington State has the juice to do that beyond perhaps a uh, a Cam Ward explosion, which is always going to be something that we are hopeful for and also probably always going to be something that will never happen. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Um, He loves to have one highlight play a game and do nothing else. He he is the classic, like, Tyler Van Dyke, if you just watch the highlights player, he's cool. Yeah. Uh, if you watch him play an actual full game, you're like, who the fuck is this guy? Why yeah. is he this? That's a lot of screens. Wow, that's a lot of screens. This young man is throwing yeah. a lot of screens. <laughs> wow. It seems like it's mostly screens. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's him. Um, I still I'm still hopeful. I just think USC is like I don't know. Like USC is sloppy enough where they can lose to anybody any given week, but they'll probably win this game. Like it's probably not the game they blow it, but like any week is a USC upset watch because they can't keep getting away with it. Yeah. Um, Washington state's defense is good too. I I think that they will have, I think that they will have something here. I just, I, like I said, I don't know that Washington state has the top end juice to, uh, to pull it out. I I think that they will keep it close, but I think it's going to have to be somebody like Utah or or, or UCLA, somebody like that who can, uh, who can really, who can manhandle USC. That's what they want to on, on offense. 
defense. Like they want to take the will out of USC. That's the yeah. biggest thing. I mean, yeah, Oregon like, Oregon State was about two scores better if not for six fucking interceptions. So really just don't throw six interceptions and be about <laughs> as good as Oregon State is in the trenches and you'll be fine. And there are several teams who I think could pretty easily do that. Yeah, USC is going to lose in the Pac-12. We, we guarantee it. Yeah, yeah. And if they don't, uh, it's not our fault and we cannot be held accountable as usual. Correct. Nothing we say or do on this show is actionable and we cannot be held to account for any of it. Uh, yeah. Finishing out the most wanted window, Texas A&M at Alabama 8 p.m. on CBS. I don't know why CBS has decided that this is going to be their evening game. Um, I guess last year Texas A&M was really bad and still managed to beat Alabama, but I don't expect that that is going to be the case this season because it seems like things are somehow even worse at Texas A&M this year than they were last year when things were uh, not good. Is it like a doubleheader? Do they have another, they have another CBS game? Yeah, there's uh, the, the Auburn-Georgia game is on at 3.30. Oh, man, that's a pretty bad doubleheader, huh? Yeah, it's actually very bad, I would say. Maybe the worst <laughs> possible doubleheader that you could really even reasonably kind of think yeah. about as CBS. What's there to say about this one? A&M doesn't have an offense. Alabama's figured theirs out. Like, they're just going to – Alabama's just going to – whether or not Bryce Young is playing, which I don't believe he is, he's out, right? Is that the word? I don't know. Uh, you're you're barking up the wrong tree. I have no idea. <laughs> uh, let's see. Bryce Young injury practice update. Hard to say. It's well, this is awesome reporting for the Tuscaloosa. Listen to this fucking lead in Tuscaloosa news. Okay. Bryce Young has been able to do some things in practice out of Alabama's football game against Texas A&M, Coach Nick Saban said Wednesday in the SEC Coaches Teleconference. Wow. wow, that's great writing, dude. Great, he's been able to do some things. Oh, he's been that's... able to do some things. <laughs> this is fucking oh my god, he's a marvelification bit... of college he's, football. He's, he's a little, he's a little bit quirked up. Bryce Young, he's a little bit quirked up. He's been able to, he's, he's got they're, some stuff going. He's cooking. What is he cooking? They're they're <laughs> they're writing like Bill Simmons talks. Yeah, he's able to do some things. You know the Bryce Young piece, the Bryce Young piece. Jesus, uh, it's kind of like he's doing he's doing the RPO thing, and the RPO <laughs> piece is like, I mean, uh, it's kind of like. In a boogie nights, whenever Dirk Diggler pulls out 13 inches, you're like, wow, is it really 13 inches? Is it thick enough? Is it wide enough? Like, <laughs> anyway, sorry. Just, oh, uh, I, I was listening to the Boogie Nights rewatchables this week. If you can I tell. see. That's why I okay. I was I was um, wondering. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, look, uh, A&M's without Ania Smith. Uh, that's all there is to know. They don't have, they have one guy that created explosive plays. Alabama has like four of them, even if most of them are bad. Yeah. Um, Alabama's not that good, but they're bad in Texas A&M. Uh, yeah. Texas A&M does have a crazy ass white boy son of Jimbo Fisher though, so you have to that does factor in here. They do have uh, a, a white the boy, the littlest fish in yeah, the sea. Yeah, the littlest fish in the sea who's walking around with a huge chain and a and a, a Louis Vuitton belt. So you have to factor that in as well because Alabama just doesn't have those guys. There are famously none of those guys in the state of Alabama or in that fan base. Does not exist. There are no white rappers who root for Alabama, and it's not that uh, mm-hmm. every white rapper on earth roots for Alabama. Uh, you can't say that. They're not all Alabama football and Kentucky basketball fans. It's not, uh, you can't say that. It's illegal to say that, uh, even if it is uh, true, completely true. Um, yeah, I think Alabama's just going to beat the shit out of them, right? Which is uh, enjoyable enough because I like to watch bad things happen in Texas A&M. It's very funny when they lose a football game. Um, but I don't know that it's going to be like actually good to watch. I'd more just like turn notifications on for uh, for Texas A&M reporters, I guess, because they are somehow the people who get the the most upset when Texas A&M loses are guys who report on the team for a living. Um, and so that's, uh, that's enjoyable. That, Lucci that's... tweet watch every week in the podcast from here on out. Tweet watch. Yeah. Yeah. Lucci Billy, tweet watch. Billy Lucci tweet watch. Yeah. Yeah. We're keeping an eye on him. Uh, we are, we are rolling him up and we are smoking him by the end of the season. That is, that is for sure. That's a flipping the field guarantee right there. Um, no fly list. We will, uh, we'll roll through these. None of these are really 
especially good, but might be worth kind of keeping an eye on. Uh, Air Force at Utah State, 7 p.m. on FS1. I have this on here because I think Utah State's going to win, uh, which is not something I have said very often this season after a very bad start for them. But they looked really, really good in the first half against BYU, and Air Force is down a whole bunch of players, and I think Utah State just has something that uh, Air Force is not going to be ready for. Um, Army at Wake Forest, 7.30 on ESPN3. They didn't even bother to put this one behind the paywall. This one is, is on ESPN's website, and you can watch it if you don't pay for anything. You can just you can just kick it on, uh, which is That's crazy. Strange. That's this a crazy-ass a, white boy move, honestly. Yeah, this was, a, this was a really weird one last year. This is the one that finished like 73-59 to 59 or something like that, so I guess that's fun to keep an eye on if that happens. Um, I would assume that Wake Forest is going to win by several scores. Uh, South Carolina at Kentucky, 7:30 on the SEC network. Uh, man, I just—it's this is the uh, you know how frustrating how frustrated is Spencer Rattler going to get with this defense? It's just you know the different levels of like how red he's going to get from it because um, they will bully him. They will absolutely bully him. Uh, and then closing it out with BYU versus Notre Dame, 7:30 on NBC. Uh, kind of interesting. I think BYU is just going to romp, though. I think BYU is going to win pretty easily. I tend to agree. Um, I don't know. I, I think Notre Dame is not a very good football team. Although they, I believe they are favored in this game. That's strange. <laughs> That's very strange. I'm going to double check on that. I don't really that know time. why that is because I think BYU is good, and I think Notre Dame is somewhere between bad and very bad. Yep. Uh, Notre Dame is currently favored by uh, three and a half. Jesus Christ. That is. I think that is incorrect. I, I don't really understand that. Is... I guess the argument is that BYU is like the same team as North Carolina, kind of. Uh, I, don't know. I guess. I mean, their defense is not that bad. Their defense is actually fairly good, and I think that Jaron Hall is is pretty solid, and they can run the ball. I I don't really understand that. I I think that I think that people are maybe bumping up Notre Dame because of the name entirely, and that that would be where that line is coming from because that does not really compute with what we have seen from these teams this season. Um, anything in here catching your eye? Uh, no, no, honestly, no, I'll, I'll just keep an eye on the BYU Notre Dame score. If I keep an eye on, I mean, as, as always, I'm a little freak who's going to keep an eye on all of these scores, but yeah. in all likelihood, these, these top five games are good enough that I'm going to have plenty to watch Yeah, that I will not need to check it out much in this later window, uh, or sorry, rather than the no fly list. However, the late night games, not much to watch. Just no. three games on. <laughs> no, not much to watch. Um, I will be, here's a fun, fun little fact for you. I will be picking up my little brother from the homecoming dance during this window. Ooh, love that. Uh, Good time to do it. Cause, uh, Guantanamo Bay game here is Fresno state at Boise state, nine forty-five on FS one. Neither team has its starting quarterback. Neither team is especially good. That is the reflection of the slate, that this is the best one here. Um, it might be competitive. That is the best thing that I can say about it. I cannot say about that. I cannot say that about either of the other two games here because the most wanted game is Oregon at Arizona, 9 p.m. on the Pac-12 network. And then the no-fly list game is Oregon State at Stanford, 11 p.m. on ESPN. Um, no. Goodness, no. Not not going to not gonna do either of those, I don't think. Probably not even really going to do Fresno State, Boise State. Might just have it on in the background, I guess. That's the best that I could say about that game is that you can put it on in the background. Mm, you could. You certainly could put it on in the background. Um, you're allowed to do it. No one's going to stop you. Yeah. Um, these games are really bad. I'll be honest. Like, we have Oregon and Arizona at 9 p.m. the Pac-12 Network and Oregon State at Stanford at 11 p.m. on ESPN. Yeah. Um, 
no need to watch any of these football games. Yeah, probably don't need to do it. Uh, what you do need to go do... Go to bed. Yeah, yeah, go to bed. Just go to bed. It's fine. You can just go to bed. Um, what you do need to do is you need to, if you are not already subscribed to Meet at Midfield, you need to go to meetatmidfield.com and you need to subscribe. You need to give us twelve ninety nine a month. You need to... If you're uh, not already subscribed to Meet at Midfield, you need to buy a katana and ritually support <laughs> <laughs> For you are dishonorable. If you've been listening to this podcast for this long, if you're at what you're like an hour and a half into this podcast with us and you have not subscribed yet, yeah. you you are a dishonorable man who has no frankly are unlovable. Yeah, like uh we, we are we are like Kellen Winslow said, we are soldiers. We are fucking soldiers doing this podcast for you, going an hour and a half long for a watch list. Uh and, and you're stealing from us if you don't go over to meetatmidfield.com and subscribe. If you if you want if you're one of these people who needs to know what you're paying for before you pay for things, you know, somebody yeah. who has broke boy mindset, somebody broke. who who is not uh, the littlest fish or whatever it is that, that, that kid is doing. Um, if you are not a CEO, if you have uh, if you have CFO mindset, which is the worst kind to have. Um, and oh, you it's definitely to... CTO, dude. I'm sorry. You're not a business mindset guy like me. You wouldn't know a CTO is way worse. I don't even know what a CTO is. So I guess that is a, uh, that is a reflection um, of, of, uh, of my you're character. Our, you're our CPO, and I think you know what I mean by that. Yeah, for sure. Um, for for, I think, I think for real, you know I mean. man. I think, for... I, think, I think you know what I mean. Yeah, for sure. We all know what that means, and we don't have any questions about it, and we all know what it means. Um, but if you are one of those people who needs to you know, know what you're buying before you buy it, things like that, uh, it's free week. It's free week over at Meet at Midfield. You can read any of the things that usually go up for uh, money uh, without giving us money this week. You can read them they're free you can look at them you can look at scheme standouts you can look at the gambling column you can look at uh blue you could look you could you could look at any of it you can look at the morning stories you can look at whatever the fuck you want it's it's all free the podcasts have been free um you can get your own preview you can you can figure out exactly what it is that you are paying us for and then of course you can pay us that is that is critical that is the the most important step in all of this uh beyond anything else the number one thing that you're going to want to do after listening to this podcast is that you're going to want to pay us you're going to want to go over there and you're going to want to give us money um many have recommended it many have saying that that many are saying that that is the thing that you want to do after listening to this podcast is give us your money uh, it's good to do that's right. Um, and, and we're going to also, it's definitely cool that we, uh, I think we forgot to say it's the top of the podcast. We're going to edit this back in digitally. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a digitally remastered episode. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're publishing and flipping the field cinematic version, digitally remastered director's cut <laughs> um, this week. And you guys better listen to it. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's going to be a good week on the content. We're doing some playback stream this week too, right? I believe uh, we're yeah. doing the Ohio State Michigan State stream. Yeah, I might have you guys. Uh, that that'll be promoted hopefully on High Street Freaks as well. Uh, that we are going to have the High Street Freaks boys doing Ohio State Michigan State on playback this week. That's uh, uh, the the link to that will be on the forum. Will be tweeted out. Um, I don't want to say it on here because I don't remember it exactly off the top of my head. I think it's getplayback.com slash meet at midfield, but I can't be 100 percent sure about that so if it's not we'll tweet it we'll yeah it. we'll tweet it it'll be on the forum if you're a subscriber but we'll tweet it as well it's free for everybody if you have a tv provider um you should check it out and if uh, especially if you are an ohio state fan but also just if you uh, like to watch 
uh, people who are Ohio State fans uh, panic when the opening kickoff is like muffed and then still return to the twenty uh, and, uh, and and begin calling. Oh, dude, I'm getting pissed off already. Don't yeah, do begin this. calling their their assassin who they know to uh, to take to take care of Parker Fleming. Um, Here's a story uh, I'll tell you that is a real honest to god thing. Okay. Me and DJ Burns used to work together on Disco's job. That I'm not gonna bring up here. Yeah. And we were on a we were on a work trip to McQuarrie County, Tennessee, uh, Kentucky. Sorry, which is like deep southeastern Kentucky, deep Appalachian Kentucky. Yeah. And this guy who lived there for years was like a big biker dude. Uh, told us that he was at a bar one time, McCurry County, uh, and he he was drinking and he was complaining about his divorce with his at the time wife. Uh-huh. Uh, and this guy walked by and put a bullet in his hand and went to the bathroom. <laughs> And the guy was like, the guy talking to him was like, what the fuck is that about? He's like, oh, that man. He's like, that man will kill anyone you want in the world for $500. Jesus. <laughs> and guess what? That boy is coming on the podcast this week. That boy, is, he's, <laughs> he will be joining us on the playback stream, uh, just sort of rolling a bullet between his fingers every time Ohio State special teams go out onto the field. That's <laughs> that's, that's right. That's the plan. And he's just he's making eye contact with Parker Fleming. He's giving him the what's up. Yeah. He's giving him the old the old what's for. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. You, look, you, you, Parker Fleming is one of the most dastardly evil worms in the history of college football mm-hmm. and has no business coaching my Buckeyes. You guys are doing, um, you guys are like the wily e. coyote to his roadrunner. <laughs> you can't, you can't he to... honestly can't get away with it, dude. You he has can't... the 93rd ranked special teams in America at Ohio state. How does that happen? You keep like, dropping, happen, a, dropping a huge rock on him from off a cliff. And then he just gets away from it. You're painting the, uh, you're painting a tunnel to like a G five coordinator job on a, on on a wall and then he runs right through it and then you try to go through and you run into the wall uh he uh he can't keep getting away with this he really can't it's very funny every week to see the the just the sheer horror come across the timeline when ohio state has like a 39 yard punt i love it i really really do it's driving me fucking nuts it's driving me fucking nuts i'm so tired of this guy. dude i can't would, tell you it would be it would be truly some of the it would produce some of the greatest content of all time if ohio state went to the playoff wins the first round game gets alabama in the championship game and then loses on like a blocked punt or something it would be the funniest thing to ever happen like i know that you guys would be miserable but it would be so fucking funny if like this this two, i this, do you this, understand uh, how it would be comedic i get how it would this be funny. this three years long checkoff's gun pays off in the worst possible time like you're you're right but at what cost like that would be it would be one of the funniest things to ever happen i would i would uh I would lose my mind. It would be so. I, I honest to God, I would I would make us a credentialed media website just to be able to go to a Ryan Day press conference and ask about that. I would I would legitimize us. I would change my name and get a job working for another media website to be able to go to Ohio State games yeah. and a press conference. Yeah. And, and ask Ryan Day what the fuck is wrong with him. Yeah. What the fuck is wrong with him? You're doing the 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 Homer Simpson bit when Mr. Burns asks him who he is and he says I'm Mr. Burns. <laughs> doing that to jerry and he's like oh, who are you i'm jerry <laughs> i'm jerry Eming. don't you know me <laughs> oh, oh fuck, it's, dude. It's, it me, it's, so, it's me ryan day <laughs> i, I my, we gotta end this podcast my blood pressure is getting turned up already i'm already it's not in my mind's eye i it we're gonna have a special teams fuck up in a big game we're terrible special teams it would game. be so funny it would be so funny all right we'll catch you guys on uh on monday morning